record over here on Zoom. So here you go, grab your coffee. I got my coffee. My husband made me use this one. It says, I don't need Google. My husband knows everything. So good morning, good morning. A live conversation on real estate and education on our birthday. She might be over half a century. I'm still living the dream. I'm still, I'm still hoping, dreaming. And yeah, you know, you know how that goes. You know how that goes. All right, so here we go. So take a moment, invite a friend, invite a friend. We're going to talk about real estate and education, but I'm trying to figure out where you should be in the journal. This might be always be learning or, you know, yeah, this one, this is probably, oh, let's go see. Let me go see. You probably need to be mm, mm, around page 92. So grab your coffee. I got my coffee. You know, I'm, I'm double fisted. I got two cups of coffee. I've got two cups of coffee. It's been a busy week for those of you that are in the agent journey. Thank you for the grace this week. The keys to listing leads. It's all on the keys to listing leads. It's all there. It's all there. It's all there. So here we go. Cause you know, I'm going to go share this pretty much everywhere. I'm going to share this everywhere. All right. So, all right. So let's, 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 let's say this. So raise your hand in the room, whether you're on Instagram or Facebook, let us know, are you a real estate agent? Are you in the real estate industry? Because guess what I can do? She can do that I can't do. She can talk about the stuff I can't talk about because in the real estate industry, we can't discriminate. We can't, we can't tell you where to live. We can add more areas to where you're searching. But when we talk about real estate and education, there are some things that some of you just don't, that you just don't know. And most of you are here because you want some money. So we're going to give you some tips and tricks on how to work with the education arena to find some more potential clients, because there are some grant programs out there for those of us that are our, our heroes, educators, police officers, people from the fire department, anyone in the education arena, almost everyone, because if you're probably a principal or a superintendent, or what are you, what's your job? I, well, I'm a director, but I'm a teacher. We're all educators, all, almost all y'all. Yes, we right. have support staff, yes. So here we go. <clears throat> So if you're here, let me, let's, let's just say this. I'm a real estate agent and some of you are here because you need a listing or you need a buyer. You just need an income. So give, tell, tell everybody how we can collaborate with the education arena. And then we're going to get into the good stuff. Well, I'll just give a quick overview. One thing you can do is learn the schools in your area, meet the principal, take the principal out for coffee, um, ask for a tour of the school, ask to maybe even take a moment and meet some of the educators and talk about what you do. Because believe it or not, educators and support staff stay in the community that they live in and they probably want to buy a home too if they are new in education. And right now, turnovers for teachers is huge. Why is it huge? because teachers are at the point where they can retire. So they're choosing to retire. And because of the pandemic, all of the social media stuff and being online, if you weren't really using email, it was a shock. It was what? I have to teach my kids at home and then I have to be really good at it. And we, don't, we didn't want to go back to what we called normal. We wanted to keep doing what we called um, online learning because since the universities are doing it, we're going to push it in K-12 education too. So that's, that's kind of a big deal right now. And new teachers are coming fast. They're coming fast and they're, they know how to use all the technology. But let me, let me say some of the, for, for those of you that don't know, we're both in the education arena. So I'm an education, educator in the real estate industry. I'm a tech instructor. I'm a social media instructor. Some of you think I'm doing the most. I'm also a, con, um, a continuing ed instructor. And I also happen to be 
a professor for the National Association of Realtors undergrad program where I wrote the digital marketing practicum where she comes from the science tell and then you're also working on hi Ma you want to be on TV no okay yes. <laughs> my mother just came downstairs but anyway so tell them so I am in K-12. I'm a science educator oh. by trade. So middle and high school, even though I can teach elementary, never taught elementary. And you wouldn't call seventh grade as elementary? No, that's secondary. Middle, six, seven, six through 12th grade is actually considered secondary education. So, and I have written a course for a different university, but I've never taught at the university level soon when I get some time because I don't want to do the most. I'm already tired. So that's kind of where I am right now. Um, but I do teach principals how to become better principals and how to raise don't cut off our and feet. things like that. So um, just kind of fun stuff around that. I provide professional development for educators in science and mathematics too. That was a lot. Okay, so we just told you that educators, there's a big, huge turnover rate right now and they're moving. The other thing, here's my tip for all of you. If you have Realist, you're gonna love this. If you don't have Realist, you're gonna love Google. So at least two places. So all of you, if you have Realist, that tech tool, go to Realist, pick a specific property, and then scroll down and look at all of the addresses for all of the school districts, the private school districts, the private schools, and the university and um, the communities we work in. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna start mailing to the schools and who, who do they need to be nice to, the gatekeeper? Okay, so the gatekeepers are two people. The school site secretary, yes, we use that term because I'm an administrator and it can get confusing to say administrative assistant, so they get merged together, and the custodian. They are the gatekeepers, they run the school, not the principals, we think we do, but they know everything. And I love that you were talking about the universities and schools because professors typically can walk to work. So they look for homes in the areas too, because all of my professors where I went to NIU or Cal State University, they could walk to work. But here's another, uh, a, a cool tip. Um, sometimes, and this is just a bonus for those of you that want to do, you're like, I want to be an investor. So now, you know, you're working with the gatekeeper. You're going to send, my recommendation is you create a flyer, you put a letter inside, then you put in a post-it note and just say, thank you so much. And then I would handwrite the envelope. The one thing we know about businesses and schools is they, everything has to get open and probably date stamp that it was received. So, you know, it's going to get open. The next thing you're going to want to do is in that post-it note, you're going to ask them to put it in the teacher's lounge. Is it still called the teacher's lounge? Yes, teacher's lounge. You know, that place lounge. every, remember when, you, lounge. remember when you were in high school and you were like, ooh, if I could just get in that lounge. I think Mr. Hughes used to let you in to the teacher's lounge. No, I got in the teacher's lounge. Well, maybe it was just me at Roosevelt. But anyway, so you want to make sure that the flyer got into the teacher's lounge because that's, they're going to see the flyers. The other thing is, is if you're thinking about investing, um, so let's, I'm just going to use Aurora University. That's where I got my master's. There's like all these nice historical homes nearby. You could actually um, get Airbnbs because when the parents come in town, that's where they can stay. So many times I'm the person that wants an Airbnb, you know, Mark doesn't. But if you had an Airbnb and it was near a local university, even in the off season, you know, the parents are going to rent that place out because then they, it's closest to within probably minutes from the school. Notice I said minutes, although I want to say walking distance. So take advantage of um, using Airbnb. All right. So 
I'm going to tell you a story and then we're going to get into what real estate agents can do and what they cannot do, but what education educators can do. So here we go. Here we go. So the city I live in, um, I moved here. Number one, it was affordable. So townhouse was affordable. It was new construction uh, around 130 back in 1997. Number two, when I bought my oldest at the time was at Medina Christian Center. All my kids were going to private school. It was just easier numbered. The benefit was is that I could pick them up. I could leave them, take them to school before and after school. So I needed that. But what I learned when it was getting just too expensive and I needed to put the other child in public school. So when I went to register Lauren, they said, do you know we have a dual language program? Or I don't even know if they told me, but it was on this bright yellow or orange sheet of paper. And I was like, let me look into that. So I applied to put Lauren in dual language. So the cool thing about the area I live in is I have two kids that can read, write, speak, think, and dream in Spanish, right? Se habla espanol. Kind of cool, right? Now I've subbed in the district a little bit, so I got to practice my Spanish. And I became pretty good at it, but I think I need to go live in like Mexico for like, um, like three months, like give me three months or someone, anyone want to invite me over? We could cook dinner or something. You could buy the food. I just come practice. <laughs> so I'm telling you where I live and why I live here. And if you look up our school scores, they suck. They suck. Oh, that's, a conversation. that's a conversation in itself. So when I say they suck, it's because we test kids in English. Okay, we should. We should test kids in English, but when they're in third grade, if you're in bilingual, not dual, bilingual, these kids, these kids get, when they go to fourth grade, they're tested in English. So it doesn't mean we should have low school scores, but we do because we have some kids that have to translate in their minds to get into English. So the, the, the negative is, is our scores will go down, but we've had kids that have gone to Harvard. And we have affordable homes. Well, maybe in this market, it could be kind of strange. So a lot of times as real estate agents, we'll have someone say, well, Carrie, can you send me to a great neighborhood? My first question is, is you tell me where you want to live. And then I have to tell you fair housing. I can't uh, steer. I can't direct you, but I can tell you why I bought where I bought. And then I can talk about the benefits of my community. And then when someone says to me, Carrie, well, would you live here? That's when I go into my story because I live where I live because it's a diverse community and it was better for my kids. But number one, it was affordable. We have a train. We have a park district that has a swimming pool, zero depth swimming pool. We have the Great Western Trail right outside of my house. I This is where I live. Oh, thank you for the happy birthdays. So so you tell, so tell them tell about my story and why, why I live where I live because what people don't know are things that teachers know and school districts know. So I moved to an area, one, because this is where I was going to be an assistant principal and then became a principal. But the other thing that, that people don't know is I moved so that my children could walk home when they were old enough to walk home. Because in most states, transportation has been removed or you have to pay a little extra. So three miles to me wasn't too bad for my children. And I do live in California. So, you know, the whole snow up, you know, hill both ways in that direction does not necessarily work, even though it, we get a flurry. But I also chose the school because it was a science, technology, engineering and mathematics school for my children. So, and in the area, the school, school state test scores were not great, but, I decided that one, I wanted them to go into STEM education because I like science 
and two, uh, um, whether it was engineering or science or math. And uh, the other thing is that I wanted them to be able to get home because I knew I had to be at work before them. I could, well, I, I could drop them off, but I knew if they weren't in sports that they could just walk home because they didn't have buses. And even the local buses where I live, they, they had to walk a mile to get to it. So you might as well just walk home. In most states, most places in the, around the country, they don't do transportation anymore. And that's a whole nother fund. And they removed it because guess what? Gas prices and busing. So unless your child is in special ed, you might not get busing. So if you, even if you are over there, that whole idea of that two mile radius, oh, two miles off, nope, not anymore. Your kid either has to have a bike, get a good lock, or they're on a scooter. And that's how you're getting, your kids are getting back and forth to school. Wait, let me so, interrupt you. Like, but what about in California where your daughter figured out how to drive to school without a license. Okay, so Mo <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no, she had her permit. So in the state of California, and I already knew that if you have a permit and once they've had their first driving lessons, if the principal and the parent signs a letter saying that they're gonna drive their siblings and their self back and forth to school and give you the time frames or sporting events, they could actually drive on a permit. That's most states. Shh, don't let your children know that. Not but, a, really in Illinois. Uh, many, yes. Um, because there's they a, probably, there all the a, kids are watching us now. I like, know. Mom, I'm going. Well, I don't know. These kids today don't want to drive. Yours did. I made my kid, I made my children drive because I couldn't take them any everywhere anymore. So there was that. So that that was kind of a, a really big deal. So something to think about. So here's my next question. Um let's let's talk about the good stuff. Mm. Let's talk about moving to where you think you should move to because the school you're only you're motivated just by the school scores and what that looks like for everyone, even even if you're not even if you're a minority or or a part of the what do you call it the dominant race? What do you call it? The Eurocentric race, the the yeah the dominant race, whatever you want to call it. Um, so talk about what that's Euro like when you have a kid, give them a story about kids in, in, in your area that you can talk about legally about, about kids coming to school and how they might be treated differently, knowing that they're go home and they have to cook dinner because both parents are at work and why it's important to know the, those kids and why it's important okay. to move where your kids will, will thrive. Okay. So I agree. And you can pick a city that you think you would love to live in because you know the test scores are really high. And because I'm in California, I'll just name Berkeley. Berkeley has a university near it. It's, you know, on campus is beautiful. Outside of campus, not so much. But if you go to Berkeley's test scores, um, well, you know, we stopped testing for two years, but you go to those previous years, test scores are like skyrocketed. But what people don't know is that you should look at what we call our student group. So if you are Latino or Hispanic, you go look at those test scores, there's a big difference. So you think you want to live there and you realize that they may not cater to your child. So for me, I chose where I knew my kids would thrive. So and then I taught in Palm Springs. Palm Springs is an area is hot. I don't recommend it, but it was really hot and it was mostly Hispanic and these kids would get up early, 5 a.m., they call them pickers, they would pick the, the local vegetation, whatever it was, and then after school, they would have to either cook, clean, or do something, the girls would have to do this for their parents, and then give the kids baths, and then do their homework. Or so, not do their homework. Or not do their homework, and so you had to know that if this was, you need to, first, as an educator, you had to learn the students, but 
you you have the right to ask, you know, if you're a, a real estate agent, it's my belief that you have the right to ask them, can my parents or my families come and have a tour of the school? Can they come and visit the school? Because you, you, how I'm treated at a school is where I'm going. It, it doesn't matter what the people look like. I think that there's this idea, but if you walk into a school and it's the dominant culture, you define it however you want and they don't treat you well, or you stand in the back and somebody else walked in and they treat them well first, I don't want to be there because I want to be, when I walk in the door, I want you to treat me well, because it does not say doctor on here. It does not say science. Well, they always think your husband's the doctor. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. Um, But you know, they just, you have to make that choice. And I promise you, if you're somebody who loves your, your child's education and you're going to support them, your kids are going to do well wherever they go, wherever they go. So yeah, because I'll tell you, because even in, in the city I live in, you know, they use Google Chromebooks, but when you took dual language, you had to do Spanish with a pen and a piece of paper. And, you know, some of you guys don't, your kids don't learn how to write cursive anymore. But in the city I live in, they pretty much have to still because uh, <clears throat> because of the community that we live in. So if you were if you were a real estate agent or a parent and you're trying to decide where your kids should go to school, what are some things you should do with the school district? Well, you said, number one, go visit the school, ask number, you know, number two, go visit the school. Number two, ask for a tour or go to the open houses. But even as a real estate agent, you could, what else could you do with the principal? Maybe. Honestly, I would um, send the principal a letter. Some of you um, created like your journal, mail the principal your journal. And if it's a blank journal, hey, take some notes. If you ever want me to provide professional learning, what do you call it? Whatever you call it in your industry, well, I could speak to your parents and do parents come if you feed them, you know what? And I will get someone. Realtor, will, realtors come if you, I'm going to say realtors, realtors come if you feed them. Well, let's put it this way. If you had, you have a lot of people that will do bring food for you. Like, oh yeah, just get a sponsor. sponsor and parents come for that, but they also want to be educated around real estate. They don't know. You think they know. Just because they live in the area doesn't mean they know. So you can provide that for the teachers. You can find it for the support staff. I told you the custodian, the secretary, they know everybody in the district and everybody that needs a home. And they want to live close to home. They want to be able to get to work. Gas prices are too much. They don't get paid as much as teachers. They don't get paid as much as principals. So you provide that professional learning for that community and you feed them, they will, they will remember you, they will talk about you. And then you tell them all about credit and loans and all that. You, you have friends for life and they will always remember you because even um, my real estate agent still calls me, still sends me gift cards. In, in, From Ohio? No, the one in California that sold me my house. She still does. She still talks. And I'm referring you to somebody else. Uh Oh, yeah, I'm doing going to use someone else. Uh Oh, well, I don't know. We'll have to talk about that, because if they're still sending you stuff, maybe there's a relationship. No, no, that she. Okay, we don't want to talk about. No. Okay, so here we go. So here's some tips that all of you can use, whether it's your your um, the government in the city or the schools or the school district. All of you should be an RPR, Realtors Property Resource, and you should be mailing to the school, to the superintendent, the principals, office staff, the government, the community reports. Everybody gets a community report so they can actually see what the, um, if there is any economic changes, whether it is what it is, right? It's snowing here in Illinois today. Um, 
90 degrees. They can home. see, you can even see the voting patterns, like how people vote. You can see if there's a change in distressed properties. You should send that report because there was a time when I was talking to our superintendent and it was Lehman at the time. And I said, you know, you know, my taxes, you know, they, they, they go up, they go down. And he said, this is what he told me. He said, Carrie, the city, the schools, the library, the park district, the roads, the everybody still needs our tax dollars. So he said, so if you go in and fight to have your taxes changed, it's still okay. So if you were paying, I'm gonna go with the high, because we're in Illinois, if you're paying 10,000 a year in real estate taxes and you go and you fight to have your taxes decreased to $8,000, then they take that $2,000 and they spread it to someone else. So someone else's taxes go up. And then he said that if you have foreclosures or properties that are foreclosed on or people aren't paying their taxes, somebody else has to foot the bill. So it's very important to educate the consumer on the importance of if you can't pay your taxes or if you can't afford your home, maybe you should sell your house in a short sale. Now, because the community still needs your money, someone has to pay. So he said it doesn't matter um, if your taxes are up or down. He said somebody still has to pay the money because the community is allotted so much um, uh, money. And so if, if they're not getting the money and you're in a neighborhood, you're like, Harry, it's not supported, it's because they're not getting the tax dollars. So when you are in communities that seem depressed or distressed, it's probably our fault because as real estate agents, we need to go in and have the conversation and educate. So is there anything else you wanna say? Cause we could do Q and A. Well, I'll just say that the tax dollars help the school sites too, because it does get evened out across this. I look at the funding at the school district and wherever you live, it's supposed to, supposedly, depending on what state you're in, it gets even. So, you know, let's say in California, it's Berkeley, and then I am in a lower income area. They supposedly take all the money and make it even. But, but the housing is that that's they take the taxes from the housing in California. And then they give, if your house is worth a million dollars, and then I my house is worth 400, you still get more money. So you wonder why all these, these beautiful new schools start popping up everywhere it's because they get more money for their facilities and you then it's how much money you get for, per student so I mean that's kind of a big deal but when you are a real estate agent and you go in and you start asking those questions and then you can say I recommend that you ask the principal to create a flyer telling them where to go so since you don't you can't talk about it say, I can't talk about this with my families, but can you, do you have a flyer where they can go look up the test scores, tell them how to look up their student group. When I say student group, their race, their, their, um, if they're special needs, so they can look that up. That way you don't have to do it and you can send them to the school site and then you're building a relationship with the, the principal, by the way, again, secretary and custodian, best friends, they'll get you to the principal. And then, um, then you can have those flyers or Create a, have them create a folder for you that you can say, this is what the principal gave you and send them to the school site. So you said something important. You said school scores and what the schools offer. So let me go back to my city. We offer, we have gen ed, English. We have bilingual, which is all in Spanish through third grade. Um, we have a welcome center at the high school for kids that move here from another country and they are fluent in Spanish first. And then we have dual language and dual language in our city, if I remember, is from kindergarten through eighth grade. And so kindergarten through fifth grade is dual and there's a model like 90-10, then it goes to 80-20, then 70-30, and then 50-50. 
And then by the time they're in middle school, they go to, they learn certain subjects in Spanish. Now there are some parents that are like, no, I want my kids out because by second grade, their scores are much lower than the other kids. And I was like, nope, I did the research. And by fifth grade, their scores are much higher because they're thinking in two languages. Like I told you, Lauren and Jonathan can read, write, speak, think, and dream in Spanish. Their scores are higher in this, um, uh, throughout the district by at least 25% by fifth grade. And so all students. And if you didn't know, the city of Naperville in Illinois modeled their program after West Chicago, which is way out in the, way out here in St. Charles. So if you ever, if you have kids, you have grandkids and people are like, where do I go? Ask them, what do you want? I mean, there are other programs in Schaumburg. And so what's important is, is you need to understand what's available. And then, because I have a friend that they took their kid out because he was doing poorly by second grade. I think that was the worst thing you could ever do because- um, my, you know, Jonathan, I'm like, so you using your Spanish at the jewel? And he's like, yep. I mean, and then they look at, it, they give him a look because, you know, he, I'm like, just tell them you're from the Dominican, you know, cause he, he can just thank you in two languages. So very important to understand the programs and the city that I live in, we have a magnet program for kids when they go in, when they're three, if you go into early childhood, they can learn how to use the play the violin, which is a Suzuki program brought in by, I think, the local community college. So then when we have our orchestra concerts, you have these little three-year-olds and four-year-olds and five-year-olds playing the violin, which is really cool. And we have programs for autism. We have, um, again, the early child children, uh, childhood education. So a lot of times you don't, you go somewhere because you want to be somewhere because you think it's more affluent and you think your kids are going to survive or strive or thrive, but the truth is, is you might wanna put them where you know they'll grow. You just have to be involved. You really have to be involved. And then you said school scores. So talk a little bit about school scores because you can say some of the stuff. You gotta call the school district so, to get a breakdown. You know what? Okay, so every state has it. Illinois has it. All you have to do is look up Illinois state test scores that come up. They, they haven't tested in two years. They will test this year. It's called the park in the state. It's called the SBAC in another state, my state. And those the scores, what is it called? The Smarter state? Balance Assessment Consortium. Yeah, because you know, we don't know, we don't even know our own acronym. Um, so it basically is a smart test. It's kind of like if you know what the GRE is, you know, when you have to go to get a master's, it's those tests that they, or SAT, ACTs, like those. So it changes, it gets easier or harder depending on how well your child is doing. And it follows the child. So third through eighth grade, it, you know, it'll show them how well they're doing. And then typically once or twice in high school. Well, what you can do is once you log in and it takes some time, um, I'm going to probably be doing some YouTube, probably Illinois and California, and you can log in and you take a moment, you look at the whole over, you can type in the school district or the school name, you take a moment and you find the demographics down thing and you click on race and ethnicity or special ed or English language learner um, and then you click on that and you'll notice especially if it's a dual language immersion school you'll notice that in third grade it, the test score is a little bit lower but then when you jump to fifth grade they're really they're higher so that's a big thing the other thing I wanted to point out is that many schools around the country are dual, doing dual language immersion with a curriculum called Project Lead the Way and it's in English and Spanish and that's a STEM curriculum. I know this because my site did it in English and Spanish. So you can have both of those. And I, I'm more likely to send my child to a magnet school, my children are adults, than I am to just any school. 
And they're typically, there's no fee to it. It's just a school that has something extra, an extra curriculum, like dual language or Spanish or Cantonese or Mandarin, whatever the language is. But those are the students that do well, but I recommend you go to state test scores. Um, and if you DM me, I will send you a, um, a link for Illinois, for example, but I'll help you find the ones in your state. But again, two years, probably no state testing. And then uh, actually Texas, I think did, te did test. Um, but don't get stressed out over it because when you decide to move, if your parents are to move somewhere and they go, oh my gosh, these kids are like 95% are exceeding the state standards. And then you, then your parent doesn't realize that that's not their student. That's not what their kid looks like. And then they click on their, well, I'll just say black children. They're a lot lower and that's around the state. But if you start to go to the school where they're about the same, that means they care about your children. They care about how they learn. And any, even if they're not way up there, those teachers are going to go out of their way for your child or the child that is moving into that area. So what I heard was, is if you Google test scores, that's okay, but you need to use if So here's the tip. Questions. When you have clients, have your clients call the school district and ask for a breakdown. In the city I live in, we have one school district. We, well, we have an elementary school district and we have a high school district. If you go one city over, they have a unified school district. So easily Bartlett, Streamwood, Carroll Stream, Hanover Park, they're all in a unified school district. The other, so you do need to call the school district to get a breakdown. The other thing you need to know is sometimes if you, like our community, you know, again, we're a pretty diverse community and our scores might be lower. Ask for the breakdown and ask them what their programs are because you'll see, again, the difference between gen ed, bilingual, and dual. I would call the principal first because you'll get somebody at the district and there's not as many people there to help you. And honestly, the principal or the site secretary probably would help you faster um, unless you get someone like me at the district. And I'll tell you, but in my school district, they have someone specifically okay. over dual language. So, and we're, we're one school district for elementary and middle, it's the same, District 33, I think. So for us, it's different. And the other thing you need to know is if we go in to apply for a grant at the school district level, the grant comes to just our city. So our high school got money to have rock climbing, all these things where if you go to a unified school district, they have to split, split up the money when they apply for a grant. So, I mean, these are just things you just don't know when you're, when you're whether you're moving or if your clients are moving. So pick up the phone, go walk in, go to the open houses, go look on the calendar to see when the open houses are and go, go have a conversation. So here, here are my tips and then I'll have Mina give you her tips. Number one, if you're a real estate agent, you know most of you are here because you need a paycheck. So call, make sure you are marketing to the schools in the neighborhood you live in. So send a marketing piece, create a newsletter. You could use the same newsletter in the agent journey if you want. And then when you send the letter, um, when you send your marketing piece and you send a letter, then put a post-it note inside and handwrite on the post-it note, asking them to put that post-it note in the, uh, that flyer in the teacher's lounge. Then find out if they're having any open houses, collaborate. And maybe, you're, maybe if your women's council have an event at the local school district, for Women's Council or NAREP or ARIA or Nagel Rep, whatever group you're in, your local association, so you can get to know the school districts. Or maybe have a panel with the principal from different, with different principals from the schools in an area because they want to promote their schools because 
it, you know, depending on where you are, if you have a huge turnover rate, they could lose money, right? Oh, yes. Because it's we a public it. school public mm-hmm. school district. Mm-hmm. So the other thing my tip is, is, you know, when it comes to universities or schools, especially universities, um, parents have to come into town. So if you're a real estate agent, Airbnb could be a great option because they'll rent from you because it's closer to the school as opposed to a hotel that's 10 miles away. Kind of good idea. Isn't that a good idea? Mm-hmm. And go to RPR and get the community information and send it to your local government officials. Um, show up at the coffee with the mayor and then send the information to the local schools, the superintendent and the principals, because then you become the, the person with the knowledge. And then you become the person that they call because they know that you know what you're doing. And then if you're smart enough to create a YouTube channel and talk about it, they can go listen to you talk or reel or something, TikTok. You could interview a principal just like this on YouTube. Okay, so what are your tips? And then I'll go to the Q&A. So my, my first tip would say is um, you do need to have your parents go to the school sites to meet the principal. But honestly, you probably should warn the principal in the school what you're doing. So they're just not like, I didn't even think I should have that. So go to the school site, let them know that this is what you are looking to do. Tell the principal, you can email them, come by, you know, yes, you can bring them a gift card, you know, a $5 gift card, but honestly, they don't have time. We never leave school sites. So you can bring them a cup of coffee. Hey, ask the secretary, hey, what's your favorite cup of coffee from Starbucks? Ask them the principals and drop it off and then let them know that this is what they're going to be looking for. I can help you create the flyer of, you know, parents are going to ask, they're moving to the area. They're going to want to know how is their transportation? Um, what are the test scores for my student group? Um, I, I say student group because that's typically how we call it, what we call it. Um, and they're going to want to know what is special about your school. Uh, Linda's every, watching. every, every, just so you know, principals need to brand themselves too. So we brand our schools based on the way we treat people. So, and then you go in there and say, so what should, should a parent expect if, or a family expect if they walk in the front door? You warn the principal so that first of all, they realize that they need to be on their best behavior and know what's coming. Um, the other thing is that some of you, and I saw it in the feed, that if you created a journal, you know, like on Amazon or you wanted to send that to them, you write a letter and say, this is what I'm hoping to do in your area. I would love to provide professional learning for your community, for the families, for the teachers, for the staff, because we know that um, a lot of people are moving to this area or they will be because housing is kind of opening up right now. And we want to be able to um, have that professional learning. Is there a space that I can do? Maybe if it's an area where they can do it during the day, because some of you have home parents, um, you could do it in the middle of the day and in the evening, have two options. Um, the other thing that you will want to do is say, how, where should they go in order to find these state test scores? But then you don't provide it, say, okay, so this is, they're gonna be coming to you. Um, and then ask them questions. Ask them questions like, if there's anything special about my school or your school, what should every parent want to know? And then ask this question to, of the principal. You can ask it because I would ask it. Would you put, your children in all of these teachers' classrooms? And if not, why? And if they can't answer that question, you may be looking for another school or a different teacher. So that's just something that I, and I got to hire all of my teachers because I opened the school, but if the principal wouldn't put their child in that classroom, why should you? Oh, enough said. So here we go, because I can't see. I see two questions. Oh, I got to reach. I got to reach. Here we go. 
So should we be mailing info to the local state and representative as well? You can, Patty. And here's it. Let me say this. So I'm an FPC for US Rep Sean Caston. So they get my information um, because I get a little more info in RPR, but I would definitely mail to, to all of them. Now, I will tell you there's probably a state legislative contact in your area, but it doesn't mean that they're mailing. So I would still, I would mail and then show up to go to their local office and drop things off. And you might even reach out to Illinois Realtor to find out who that contact is. Because if you start getting involved and you're doing it, Patty, you might become the state legislative contact. So absolutely. Let's see. Oh, this is a long one. I might need to leave that one up the different way. So with regards to schools questions, I feel like people get upset when I'm not able to provide the exact info because of fair housing. Now, yes, you can. Now, um, uh, Marianne, let me say this. I would go, if you're in my market, you can send a list of all of the phone numbers and the contact info. But I, I mean, whatever you do, you have to remain consistent. So you can always provide everything. You just have to do it moving forward with every one of your clients. So in our MLS, we had M, we have MRED info, city info pages. So you can, so if someone's moving to say Bartlett or Broadview or Lyle or Naperville or Orland Park or someplace in Chicago, you can send the info sheets and then give them the info to call. But you could create a whole spreadsheet and I'll, and guess what websites on every one of them? Google because you need to train your clients or educate your clients to do their own research. So um, that's what I would do. So you can always provide the info, but you must remain consistent with every single client. That's like if you're using forewarn, if you use it once for a client, you have to use it moving forward for every person you work with because you can't pick and choose who you're gonna look up information on. So that's what I would do. Make it a part of your buyer packet. Make it a part of your buyer packet. All right. And that was that was hard to, to add. Can you put in there, like, for example, in Illinois, it's called the Illinois report card. Can you put in there for everybody because everybody has access to it? Can you put that in there? Say that again. Like we have you have state test scores in Illinois and in Illinois, it's called the Illinois. If you Google Illinois report card, you will get a list. You can search every school district um, report card, every school's report card. And you can. I just for me, like because I don't know, like I just think that my recommendation is is that you tell your clients to get a breakdown at the school level because the state is going to just give you and they're going to give you everything so if you come to west chicago and you look at the scores you're done you i mean the consumer will just stop okay that's fair so, so i would say i would give them that and then i would also maybe say always go to your local school district to get information because if you do you're going to get a breakdown then you can ask the question yeah you can ask the question what other programs do you have? Do you have magnet programs? Are there any right. special needs programs? Stuff. Like you, you need to ask the question because they want to sell their school. Right. So and we that. want you to come to the schools where we are because we get more funding. And it's not just about the funding. It's when we do that and when we increase the funding, we can do more things for the school site. A lot of people, I used to educate the parents on, you know, so in the state of Illinois and in California, for example, if the student didn't come to school that day, we didn't get funding. So on average, it would be $10,000 per, um, per student. So you need them to come to school every day till like noon and then they can go home? No, if they, if they check in and leave, we literally get the funding for that day. So that's that's a whole- We're thing. not telling you to do not, that. We're not telling you to do that, but they're trying to fix that in, in California where whether you come or not, we still get the funding, which is equitable because actually Ohio does that. You don't have, they get the funding anyway. Um, 
but the the biggest thing is that when parents do come to school when you're if your children are ill and you you go to school because you want to learn when you miss out you miss out um but that funding changes the dynamics of the school site so for example a lot of parents don't realize they need to fill out these forms and like i don't want them to have my personal information that's difficult because even i didn't want to but when you fill out certain forms you get more money for the school sites because you get um, economically disadvantaged funding, you get federal funding, and that's difficult for parents. And, and those are things um, I think parents should be asking school sites. How do I know my child's going to succeed at your school site? How do, my, how do I know my child's going to have the best education they could get? There's things like that. And if they can't answer that question, that's something to consider. So here's what we want you to do. Because Today's my birthday. Da -da -na 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 -na. It's my birthday too. So go check out in the link in my bio, uh, the new real estate agent journal. Anyone can invest, even if you're not new, because we give you, whenever we go live, we tell you where to jump to because we give you, um, you know, we tell you, we teach you something. We teach you something and then we tell you to take notes. And today we were around page 92 in my journal. And so if you are in, Education and actually, this might be a. Here you go. This is what you. This is what school sites should be doing. It is a journal, but at the very beginning, I ask questions of, um, of principals of what they need to be doing for their teachers and their school sites. When they do this, their schools thrive. I did this based on that, and um, I'm writing another book based on it as well. But I have principals that ask me, "How did you do that? How did you raise test scores? How did?" You, I, it was the social capital, meaning building the community and professional capital of the community and getting parents to talk to each other, building relationships with each other. I talk about that in here. And honestly, it's good for real estate agents too, because you, when you build good relationships. Green shots. Here's the point. I will go put her link in my link tree and I'll put it in my bio. So you can get that because they get the book, go drop it off at the schools and then tell them you're a real estate agent. And this just happens to be someone that works with real estate agents to help the schools and real estate agents grow and network and work together to build our communities. So the name hers is the principal's journal. I will add the link in my bio and then I will add it in my story as soon as we're done, kind of give me like five minutes and then. Um, yeah, and then you can go find, go look up Dr. Mina, and go go actually go go type your thing in the chat there, so they can follow you on Instagram. Yeah, and if you are watching us on Facebook, thank you for joining joining. If you are listening to the replay on my podcast, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channels and to watch us watch me every Friday at nine a.m. on Instagram because she's got a real job. I have, I'm an entrepreneur, so I get to choose, kind of choose my schedule. So I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast and watching on Facebook. Thank you so much. <laughs>